Hey everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Jim and the King and Apple podcast. I'm Jim, sitting to my left is the King, and we're here to talk about a particular team in the NFL King, aren't we? We are indeed, yeah. So we're going to continue our series of in-depth looks at the 32 NFL teams, and we need to have a special guest here to talk about that team. Yep, naturally. He's been putting us off for weeks. He has. But he's finally here. Ducking our phone calls. He has. But we're going to talk to the Green Bay Packers aficionado, Tim. Packer Hello, Tim. yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for choosing 2016 to talk about the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> we came just in time. Sure. So, uh, if anyone uh, remembers back to episode four, we had our very own Punk Raider in here talking about the sometime Oakland, sometimes LA, sometime Las Vegas in the future Raiders. And today we're just going to talk about the Packers, so any Bears fans out there want to laugh or Lions or Vikings fans who I may add of staying very much in Green Bay yeah yeah. your your team is staying where it is I'm jealous of that because mine might not (laughs) as a Chargers fan you're in trouble too I am anything west coast is in danger yeah pretty much falling into the ocean that's it uh... that's it but that's what's interesting though is the Packers are owned by Green Bay here we go this is the first stat they try out so come on then Tim tell us about how the Packers are owned by the people for the people well, if you own a season ticket, you are part owner of the Green Bay Packers, which means it makes tickets very, very difficult to come by indeed. In fact, uh, in Green Bay, which has a population of about 260,000, that's about a quarter of the population every week going to see the game, which is fantastic. And uh, it, it's quite common out there for kids as a christening present to get a season ticket for when they're an adult because the queue is that long. Yeah, but it, ironically, it's also the smallest fan group of, of you know area of fans in the mm. NFL, isn't it? Out of the thirty-two teams, they've got the smallest area of fan base. Yeah, although yeah. it does kind of go down into Wisconsin. Yeah, just one of the most loyal as well, isn't it? So it's, it's sort of a combination. Well, of Well, it's easy when you don't move. Well, this is true. This is true. <laughs> it's the rubbing it in, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rubbing it in. Okay, so the first question we've got to ask you then, Tim, is because born in Wisconsin, so you had to find the NFL and then you had to pick the Packers as your favourite team. So, why NFL and why the Packers? NFL started, um, I used to be a nocturnal worker, used to be a DJ, and um, at that time there wasn't a whole lot to watch at three o'clock in the morning, and uh, initially, I must admit, it was basketball that uh, caught my eye at first, Um, but with the demise of the Seattle Supersonics, then uh, I switched to NFL and uh, picked it up as I went along, really. Okay. So why the Packers then out of all the other 32 teams? It all came together for in all the right way. Initially, um, very much like the King over there, um, I started watching the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Um, so 2 You, w- you would have thought around that, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was 0-2. You would have thought um, that that would make me a Bucks fan. So I came back to watch at the start of next season and pretty much the entire roster had changed, um, which didn't <laughs> seem about right to me. Um, so I started watching yeah. other games. Um, funnily enough, my lucky colours are yellow and black. So uh, I put money on a Steelers game and lost. So that was the end of the Steelers. Um, and then I got to watch the Packers. And here is just, a t- it was a high-powered offence, which entertains me immensely. They're a bit of a chaos improvisation team. I really like that. Um, they can, they, they'll always keep it exciting. They'll snatch victory from the jaws of defeat as many times as they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory um, 
And it also just so happened that I have numerous friends in the Wisconsin area. So it was by pure luck that uh, I find myself visiting there in America more than anywhere else. And you didn't have to wait long until you got a Super Bowl victory either. Not too long, no. No. A few years. <laughs> who was that against? Yeah. Who was that against, Jim? I'm not going to mention who it was against. No one, no one remembers the loser. Never put your money on a yellow and black team. That's what I'll do. <laughs> They are certainly entertaining the Green Bay Packers, though. You sort of Same. touched on it there, saying about the sort of free-flowing improvisation that sort of started with Brett Favre, though, didn't it back then? Yeah, the gunslinger. Um, that was always great. Although, amazingly, it wasn't actually Brett Favre that got me into watching the Packers. Right. Okay. Um, the Packers seemed to get massive amounts of injuries, and I found the the courage of the guys who basically got stretched off and seemed to be back a quarter later hobbling around back on the field um, trying to do their job it was just it had that underdog feel to me and that's what really attracted me to them mm. it's the only way to stay warm in Wisconsin I think is just get back on the field <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yeah put some ice on lying down is not a good idea in Green Bay <laughs> this is true this is true so it wasn't Brett Five. were there any other players that sort of caught your eye around that time sort of the early 2000s um, KGB was a big one. Okay, I, I think uh, yeah, mm. he, he was a class act. Um, there was a few. I think um, yeah, going all the way back, it, it's um, uh, you had um, people like Armand Green as well that mm-hmm. uh, was really class act. Um, it didn't really matter who was catching the ball, really. Obviously, Brett Favre was launching it, so um, it could be anybody's <laughs> by the time it came down, and that was always exciting. That's no, good. Well, you've just mentioned two of your all-time leaders for the pack there. So, Amon Green was your best ever rusher, 8,322 yards. Yes, and came back and retired as a packer. Did the whole one-day one contract. Thing. I like, I like doing that. I do yeah. like doing that. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. And uh, Brett Favor, who got 61,655 yards in his career for the... Leads the league. Yeah. But his most impressive stat, according to him... When, which he mentioned on Gruden's QB camp played every game was the 297 consecutive regular season games he played yeah and that's, that's weird the, Tim to, to me the career highlight though is still after his father passed away when he just went out and just threw bombs yeah it was continuously a, what a game against the Oakland Raiders wasn't yeah. it five touchdowns the day after his father had passed away he, uh, he said they asked him about it and he said uh, it was an easy decision for him to make because he knew his dad would uh, kick his you-know-what, that's a direct quote, <laughs> yeah. if he didn't play the game. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, you know, that was, yeah, it was, it's just awesome, isn't it, really? He's just, mm. you can't not like that guy, really, I think. Brett no. Favre's, I think everyone's, well, it's and a guy you'd, you'd love to hate, but at the same time, lucky, you actually see him in interviews. And how everyone. lucky were we that Aaron Rodgers sat for three years behind him waiting? Because we didn't really know, okay, Rodgers got drafted high, but no one really knew how we'd get on in the NFL. No, and I don't think yeah. you guys want, would have taken him. I think the expectation in that, certainly in that draft, was that Rodgers would have been taken earlier. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, there was, was no way he was going that low. No, it's purely for the fact he fell into your lap. And I think at the time, um, Ted Thompson got asked why they took Rodgers, mm. and apparently he's got the same hand span as Brett Favre. That was the only reason he could really think of what? to uh, <laughs> say why we took him. Yeah, I, I doubt. I doubt they'd even done any analysis on him. I'm sure they had done, a, you know, bits and bobs, but. You normally have grades associated with different players, and and where they were where they were picking. Um, twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, it was twenty fourth. Yeah, they took him. I, you know, there there was no expectation he was going to fall that low. Um, no. 
which is crazy. I think you know everyone talks about Brady being a draft steal, and that you know that's an anomaly. But to get Aaron Rodgers, who's well, certainly over the last five years has been the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, it was a toss-up between him and Alex Smith, wasn't it, for the overall first overall pick? Yeah, and Smith went first. Yeah, Smith went first yeah. overall out of Utah. Had just won a national title, which I think was probably the main differential. Ironically, looked more athletic. I think he's probably straight line speed more athletic now than Aaron Rodgers, but in the pocket athleticism, I don't think there's anyone better. Um, or you know, there's maybe a couple of people that argue me with there, but Rodgers in the pocket just seems to sort of dart, dive, uh, dip, dive, and duck, and dodge, I mean, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the, the impressive thing about Rodgers is his accuracy when he's running. Mm. I mean, doesn't matter which side he rolls out on the move, he can throw more accurately than anyone else. I think. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a big thing because I noticed something this week. Actually, is uh, well, actually the last two weeks I've noticed it. One against the Giants, and then this week against the Cowboys, is they're not pressuring him. No. I think he's struggling with the fact that he's now got he's a solid offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got too much time. We've made a mistake in this off season. There are many reasons we're not doing very well in 2016, but um, one of the the primary reasons were we started doing improvisational drills. Yeah. We've now made the assumption that no one can, can um, you know, the line is going to break down eventually. Rogers is great at rolling out. So let's practice improvisation. Mm. Now, of course, when you practice improvisation, you're suddenly making it predictable. You're turning it into a play, yeah. which means people are now aware of what he's doing when he rolls out the pocket. Yeah. And that's a bit of a shame because the, the beauty of his improvisations is, is you, you know, you don't need to get everybody else on the field to to do something simultaneously yeah yeah he had I think he had over a second longer this week in the pocket than he had in week two against the Vikings where he's pressured sorry to chuck some random stats at you guys but he was pressured (laughs) not like you King yeah uh, 28 and a half percent of the dropbacks he was pressured against the Vikings in week two and I I put that in no small feat down to Mr. Tretter under Mm. centre now I think he's brilliant I don't think Lindley was all that over the last couple of years yeah and uh, I, I thought he was a star in the making last year, and he, he's come good. His snaps are brilliant. Mm. Um, from time to time, you get a slow mo of him snapping the ball and managing to clothesline two guys in front of him simultaneously. You know, yeah. he's brilliant like that. Yeah, so, he's doing really well. But against against the Cowboys, he was only pressured thirteen percent of the dropbacks he had, and he just looked to me like he wasn't willing to pull the trigger. Yeah, he just you know a couple of times there was one play in particular where he was back there for so long, he was just and you could see him. So almost looking as if he wanted to move outside the pocket and went but I don't need to what do I do now I've got so much time <laughs> yeah. to throw this ball and this kind of brings us to the, the kind of second issue of the offence this year which is the fact he's got no one really to throw to yeah yeah. Um, we what we haven't had the, the thing I love about the Packers beyond what I've mentioned so far is the loyalty of the team mm-hmm. um, you know it I watch pre-season and I watch everybody else shuffling their players and everyone's being sold and bought and traded and dropped. And the the best news you're going to find about the Green Bay Packers is, you know, Clay Matthews attending a barbecue somewhere. It's pretty poor. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, the good thing is the fierce loyalty of the team. And that's great. And it means they stick around for a long, long time. I can buy a jersey and three years later, I'll probably still be wearing it. That's yeah. great. Um, the trouble is, if you have an issue... That issue is going to stick around a lot longer if you're yep. not prepared to address it from the outside. Yeah. And since Greg Jennings in rude health, we haven't had a deep ball threat. 
Now, Jordy Nelson has been incredibly safe hands. Unfortunately, he hasn't been that safe hands since he's been back. I've actually seen him drop more every game than I've seen him drop in his entire career at the moment. Yeah. And we haven't got a deep ball threat. So um, we really could do with importing. I'm, I'm sitting there enviously looking at you know, the strangest of teams, you know, the Colts. Wow, look at their receiving core. I wish we had that. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be thinking that <laughs> no. sort of thing. And they were about five foot four as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we just need that that one deep ball threat. And there's a lot of very good receivers out there. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Uh, Fitzgerald, if you are getting bored of the Cardinals and want to change next year, please, <laughs> please have a call. I mean, Rodgers and Nelson have been bros, haven't they, since, since they both started. And... But that one season out, that's a massive injury to take a whole year. Um, and you never know if you're going to come back the same afterwards. No. And he's done okay. He's still got safe hands as far as I can see. But yeah, there's there seems to be half a step difference now with those two. Yeah. Before, it was telepathic. But now it looks a little bit more like they're kind of having to rely on talent and rather than the in- intuitiveness of each yeah. other's play. Cobb is very, very quick. And he's a great gadget player. And you can line him up all over the place. Um but again, he's not the big name receiver that we need. No, no. 2015 showed that up, didn't it? But he's he's dropped. They've both dropped off, and and you know, they're I think Nelson and and Cobb are sort of shells of their former selves. But the the difference is Nelson's probably got an excuse because of that. In, well, he has got an excuse because <laughs> of the injury. You mentioned about not having a deep ball threat. I've, I looked at some of the stats earlier for for your receiving core, and for the season, you've not got one receiver that's averaging over 50 yards a game. That's just not enough. And then once you've got you go past Nelson, Cobb, and Adams, you've got no one averaging above ten, fifteen yards yeah. a game, and it's just you're, you. You seem it's. I know this sounds re- really weird, but you've got issues with running back depth as well. It's almost like the Packers have less players than every other team <laughs> yeah, in the league. Yeah, we've only got two. I just have <laughs> no depth. It's really strange. It, it is strange. I don't think. I must admit, I don't think the runners are a problem. Um, I think we've always been a pass-happy team, yep. and providing we've got reasonable runners. Lacey is looking better this year. Although and he I, is now on IR. He's out I know, no, now he's on Ed, IR. Eddie Pastry is now on IR. I know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, obviously, I also think that um, uh, James Starks, I think he's quite underrated, actually. He's been a real workhorse for the team for years now. Um, and, yes, he's never going to be the, the every-down back, mm. but he is a... It, you know he gets the yards and he's that's, that's a, he's great definitely a nice compliment to Lacey yeah the only I, problem with him is he seems to be injured for the first half of the season then c- play really well into the playoffs so he always looks very good and they always yeah, get re-signed right, but you know there's just not I, I just don't know if he's there enough I, I don't think that's so much this year I, I think that mm. he's had some really good early games so far mm. I think he's probably made your, more yards than Lacey has at the moment mm. um <laughs> I think the other the other thing that we could really do with, which again we haven't had for a long, long time, is a good tight end. Yeah. I think, especially in a, a pass first league, uh. I think that you know you need that bubble screen option. Yeah. You need that sort of safe hands, gain the five yards, yeah. ten yards, whatever, yeah. and and you Pick know just plug away like that. Where's, where's your Jason Witten? Exactly. Where is, where, where is the Jason Witten? Why have you never had that? Where's the Ertz? Where's the Fleener? It doesn't matter. Just get a half decent guy there to catch the balls. I just if I was the Packers, I would just go and find players that play for Wisconsin basketball team that aren't <laughs> going to go to the NBA. Because you look at some of the elite players now. You've yeah. got Gates, you've got Jimmy Graham, you've got all these guys who used to play basketball. You know, 
the routes aren't that difficult for a tight end. No. Can you block? And can you run a quick out? Yeah. Or can you run a quick in? Six steps forward, and yeah. then run left. Yeah, and jump higher than this shorter guy, didn't you? That'd be yeah. great. No, I agree. I think you, you have lacked it. You had uh, Jermichael Finley, I think, was overrated, actually, in I my do. opinion. I do. He had some. He was a boom or bust. He had some amazing plays, but... He could be a former basketballer the amount of times he tried to bounce the ball the second it hit his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Whammy. <laughs> but no, I agree. I think that you do need... You know, Rogers has certainly dropped off um, this season, which I think we'll touch on a bit later in, in a bit more depth, but he's uh, he needs some he needs some help up there. The, the receiving core's lacking. I think when Lacey's fit, it's an excellent compliment. But it's w- very strange at the moment. I I feel we, we are not having a great year, mm-hmm. but I feel we are only four people short of a really really good team. We need that deep ball threat. Mm-hmm. We need a tight end, and we need some corners. If we had those things, I think we would be a, a really really good solid team. Yeah. Um, the corners at the moment, obviously Sam Shields is is out. He's out. Yeah. Um, and Rollins is just getting torched left, right, and centre. Yeah, I did say a few years ago that I actually thought that getting rid of Tremont Williams was one of the worst decisions we've made. Yeah, and the reason for that is he, he yeah, he was never put in the upper echelons with Revis and Co. But you look at who he's up against. You know, twice a year he's up against Megatron. Twice a year he was up against Brandon Marshall. Twice a year he was up against Percy Harvin. Mm. And although he didn't have that sort of interception rate. The fact is, he kept the ball out of their hands continuously. Yeah, he's brilliant, and um, I think we miss him badly. Yeah, he used to make he like you said he wasn't a, a, a turnover machine, but he seemed to come up with turnovers when you needed them. Yes, he was just a playmaker. Because I looked at some of the stuff this year, your your defense isn't well. First and foremost, he'd stop the receiver receiving the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break up the play. Yeah, but you're nineteenth this season in turnovers, um, which includes fumbles and interceptions. And, you know, yeah, he wouldn't make a huge impact on that. But in key situations, or you know, he, he could... One, it would limit the amount of uh, amount of yards that you guys were, were sort of having uh, or sort of, you know, receiving. But uh, also, you know, he would he would come down with that. Giving the secondary a little bit of love, I, I do like Micah Hyde. I think he's a yeah, very he's, good player. He's played really well. And, and Clinton Dix is, is sort of a solid safety yeah, as well. Yeah, he's very solid, yeah. Yeah, no, you've got some. You've got some. Your defensive stats aren't that bad. You're fifth in yards per game, so you're you know fifth best, three hundred and thirty-nine yards per game. You're actually first rush defense. Which, yeah, we are. You can't run us. Which is that still the same after the Cowboys yeah, yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, that's after the Cowboys game. Oh. Seventy-two point four yards per game you're allowing, which is which is decent. Sixth in sacks as well, which is I was actually shocked with. I didn't realize you were sacking that many. Our so lines are great. Sacks. It's it's a complete about turn. Normally our lines are completely chaotic, and mm. we have all the big playmakers. At the moment, the lines are great, and we got not a lot else. Yeah, that's a shame. Weird. That's, shame. that's it. Weird. There's one other player I want to talk about in the kind of early, you know, well, recent history, I should say. Um, Donny Driver, who's been your best ever receiver. I'd better just give him the yes. stat of ten thousand one hundred thirty-seven yards, Donny. A couple of what quick words player. about that boy. What a player. Um, my favourite Packer, without a doubt. Ah. Um, yeah, he. What, what's more amazing about his stats are the between the hash stats. You know, the guy would basically catch a, a, a cross route, take an almighty hit, get end up flat on his back, and get up beaming away, loving every minute of it. And he's been a consummate professional. Um, he helped the team immensely. He's been a, um, a mentor for the younger receivers. 
um, and just a really all-round nice guy. Um, all my Wisconsin friends have met him. He spends a lot of time out the stadium and around the stadium, just you know, chatting with the fans and uh, enjoying himself. He's a really nice guy, top bloke. Yeah, he's just one of the good guys in the NFL, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, it's interesting because I saw Brett Favre talk about Donny Driver and just said, one, the guy had hands like glue, but two, you couldn't tackle him in the open space. He was so underrated, yards after catch. Yeah. Just but they, they always used him between the hash mm. because he could take these massive hits. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah, it was great. I'm surprised he can string a sentence together now. The amount of hits he must have taken <laughs> across the middle back then. Yeah, he, He's gone back to coach at school, hasn't he? <laughs> he's had okay. to go back to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Primary school. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's take a break, but uh, we're back for part two. Welcome back to part two of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. This is the Green Bay Packers special and we have Packer Tim here with us. So for part two then, Tim, I want to talk about the the history of the Green Bay Packers because we seem to divert into uh, this current season. So we need to inform some of these uh, fans that don't know about the Packers about their humble beginnings because they're one of the oldest, oldest teams, aren't they? Yeah, possibly including myself. This would be uh, an interesting... (laughs) Font of knowledge. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Can me. you can you tell me when they were established? Yeah, um, they were established in 1921 that by the Ackley Packing Company. <laughs> that is technically correct. Although, did you it's know? Technically correct. It is well, correct. Did you know that they tried claiming that for the first two, for two years from 1919 to 1921, these couple of guys that met up in a park playing semi-pro. Yes. Claim to be the Packers, so technically well, it, they can go back it, another couple of years. As I say, it was at the Acme Packing Company. It was a bunch of guys who all worked together yes. that started the team. Can you um, name the, uh, the the? I can't name the founder. Person, no. The founder. It was Earl Curly Lambo. Earl Curly Lambo. Lam- and Lambo obviously is the name of the stadium. Name so. of the stadium, yes. And there wasn't enough guys to go round, so the guys <laughs> on offense were also the guys on defense. <laughs> they did a lot like that okay. in the old days, didn't they? Um, so yeah, Earl Curly Lambo went to his uh, went to the owner of the Acme Packing Company and asked for do you know how much in sponsorship money? These no, are obscure, I wasn't there. These are obscure no, was, questions, Jim. I wasn't there um, at the time. It was five hundred dollars, which equates to six thousand eight hundred in today's money. Wow, which isn't right. much, but no. The owner still says, is that "Well, steel? is that pre or post Brexit?" <laughs> <laughs> well, this is in dollars, so um, and the owner insisted on making the team name. After the company, so they became the Indian Packing Company. Oh, Do you know what they were packing, by the way? No. Do you know what the factory was packing? There. I wasn't there. <laughs> it was meat. Meat, right? Yeah, you're meat packers. Oh. So yeah, your chairman, CEO, and president is Mark H. Murphy. GM Ted Thompson now, and Mike McCarthy is still the head coach. What do you reckon I of Mike McCarthy then? I like the guy. He's delivered you a Super Bowl, but I mean, yeah, yeah, anything else? (laughs) I think, again, it's, he feels like part of the Packers. Um, And what I mean by that, I guess, is the fact that, again, you have this sort of rotation of turnover. If you have a bad season, everybody gets kicked out and and new people come in. It doesn't feel like that with the Packers. If someone suits, if someone fits, there's a a loyalty to them. And I think Ted Thompson... um, has found his man with Mike McCarthy. I think they they work very well together. Um, obviously, McCarthy is essentially 
the play caller as well. Mm. Um, I think the offensive coordinator has got to be the easiest job in Green Bay because you've got Aaron Rodgers who improvises and Mike McCarthy calls the plays. So I'm not really sure what you do apart from get the clipboards ready and make cups of tea, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I, I think he, he he's a really good match. I think he, up to this year at least, has, has um, seemed to got a lot of the play calling right. I think we've uh, we've always moved in the right direction. We've always been there or thereabouts. We've had a pretty good run at the top. I guess there's an argument to say we, we've had a few, as I said earlier, you can snatch victory from the jaws of defeat and defeat from the jaws of victory. And I know there's probably a couple of Super Bowls we might have been involved with had we not have uh, exploded in the dying seconds of the championship games. Right. But as I say, that's part of the Packers. That's, that's providing it stays exciting. Is, right. do, you, do you think sometimes, because I, I watch Mike McCarthy, I agree, I think he... Um, you know, has done a really good job over the last, few, uh, well, uh, in his career. But in the last few years, I feel like the play callings become somewhat limited. Actually, from what I've seen, I think there's maybe that's to do with personnel. I don't think there's a lot of rotation happening, and the routes tend to be quite similar. And then you rely on Rogers' improvisation. Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes maybe that you know one th- the thing that you've mentioned as a positive sometimes can be a negative with regards to the nostalgia and keeping the same play. Yeah, the loyalty, around. absolutely. And it's it's what I said about the fact that if you the, the the downside to that is if mm. you develop a problem, mm-hmm. that problem's going to stick around for a yeah, while yeah. if you're not prepared to fill that hole, if you're not prepared to make that change. Mm-hmm. I think McCarthy does very well with what he's got. Yeah. yeah. But he will play with what he's got. Yeah. He won't demand more of of the playbook if you doesn't like. doesn't push for free agency either. No, absolutely. And because of that, over the last couple of years, as the those superstars of receivers have died off, etc. etc. Then yep. um yeah, it's it's a bit of a problem. We're not as going back to being exciting. It doesn't feel exciting this year, and it didn't feel exciting last year. Yeah, and that to me, being a fourteen-year Packers, pretty unusual. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because I think a lot of people are questioning McCarthy that aren't Packers fans. And hearing you say that, I think what I'm getting from that is he's doing well with what you know. He's trying his best with what he's got now, and he actually isn't the glaring weakness. No. He's not the main issue. So that's no. that's that's an interesting. I don't point, think actually. Mike. McCarthy, I I don't know. I don't feel like Mike McCarthy has a whole lot of say in the draft. I'm sure he does, mm. uh, but you know it, it does seem to be Ted Thompson and and the sort of the board that seem to make the choices there rather than Mike McCarthy. So I don't really put that to him. And mm-hmm. again, fourteen years, fourteen year Packer. Um, who else? There's very, very few um, other GMs that you look across the board and say, okay, well, who could actually have done better than what he's managed over the last 10 years, over the last 14 years? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I think there's, I guess there's an argument for me, for um, Tomlin. I think... Ozzie Newsom at the Ravens, I think he's always done well. Ravens, possibly. In the draft. Um, And, uh, yeah, um, Old Man Giant as well, obviously, when he was there. Coughlin. 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 I think annoyingly Belichick as and well. Belichick, yeah, and I think yeah. that's pretty much about it. And not Marvin Lewis. And and again, <laughs> the 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 similarities between all of those is they've got the backing of the business. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they are there for the long term. They are embedded in the culture of it, and they are doing the right thing for the team at the right time. And that's why McCarthy's the right guy. Well, the thing about the uh, the fourteen year Packer is that that's the two thousand two is when they. 
rejigged the league to make it the NFC North they're in. And for all those 14 years, they've won eight of those 14 uh, divisions. Yes. So, yeah, McCarthy's done all right. For and I don't think they've ever been sense. bottom in that whole time either. No. When I was looking back at it, I don't think you've ever been or bottom. Possibly Maybe not. one no. season, actually. Maybe the season before Rogers oh, came. Yeah, like we, the we had a bit of a rope in six one. and ten, but I don't know where that put us. Yeah, I don't think you were bottom one um, at any point. Yeah, so it's a bit weird count, counting up how many of the uh, divisions and championships you won because obviously the Packers were about since the twenties, and so they do kind <laughs> of include those things. With Although some stuff. I must admit, uh, I know the, the the stat that goes furthest back is Packers v Bears. Right. And I yes. believe the Bears are actually be, um, just up on ahead. the Packers. Yeah, just, just ahead. Yeah. So that that's the one I would like to see in in my uh, lifetime, my tenure <laughs> with the Packers, yeah. is uh, to see that record get smashed. Oh, that's good. It's interesting. Well, I was going to ask you actually. Then, so the NFC North is the black and blue division, and you've got three rivals there that have been there for a long time. You've got the Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, and Minnesota Vikings. Which of those three, usually you've got a, a worst of the worst. Which is your biggest rival, in your opinion, out of those three? I think the three, the three rivals, um, from my point of view, I kind of share the same point of view as Packer fans and Packer friends that I've got in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And they're three very different rivalries. Yeah. Um, the Packer-Lions rivalry is actually a very friendly rivalry. They're both the Michigan teams, essentially. You get a lot of crossover. So you get families that are actually half Lions and half Packers. And the camaraderie is actually very, very good between those two teams. Now, I'm not sure if this is because the Lions haven't been a consistent threat for a decade. But um, that's very much a friendly rivalry. There's, they call it the Uper Bowl when, uh, when the Lions go to Lambeau. Um, which is a great game. I was lucky enough to catch one of those a few years back. So there's a, a sort of healthy rivalry, but it's friendly. It's a very friendly game. Then you've got the Packers v Bears. Obviously, that's historically important. And the the play is fierce, but the respect is high. So although they you don't get that same camaraderie as you do with the Lions, the fact is they, they are seen as the important people to beat. You know, the Bears employ a manager and the first thing they have to do is beat the Packers. New people come into the Packers, they want to beat the Bears. That's that's the big historic rivalry, but there mm-hmm. is an immense amount of respect. The Packers-Vikings, however, that's where it gets a little bit needly. Um, they don't like each other at all. The fans really <laughs> don't like each other at all. Um they're, yes, they're, it's a it's a very bitter rivalry that one, and obviously Brett Favre didn't help. I was going to say, do you think that was deliberate? <laughs> oh well, it was deliberate. Um, he wanted to follow a coach over, didn't he? he? Wanted to follow his quarterback coach from Green Bay, Green Bay to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, but Green Bay put it in his contract that um, there, there was some sort of clause where he wasn't allowed to go to Minnesota. So he went to the Jets first for a year and then obviously moved across Came after back. that. Adrian, so, Adrian Peterson probably helped. I think I, I'd want to play with Adrian did, Peterson. I don't believe Favre went there to stick it to the Packers. I think he went there because there was a number of coaching staff that went there that he wanted to work with again. That's interesting. Um, and he wanted to stick it to the Packers. Well, when he was there, he absolutely once, did. Yeah, yeah, once he had the opportunity to, yeah. why wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, so that there's... 
it's a much more fierce rivalry at the moment, and obviously the Vikings are, are going through a, a bit of a purple patch. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, yeah, and uh, agree so, with envy, so they really are the people to beat. <laughs> That's so good. Yes. Um, but so your, yeah, they, your favourite one on. then? Out of those three, which one's your favourite one to watch? Um, at the present, mm-hmm. um, there is an admiration for the Vikings that they seem to have made something out of nothing. So that's really good. Um, funnily enough, I've seen, uh, I've been to the Bears Stadium and the Viking Stadium. Okay. Um, the old stadium. We were sat under the snowy bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, to, so I've seen both of them. And again, I, 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 I kind of fallen into line with all the other Packers. I have an immensely healthy respect for the Bears. I'd like to see the Bears do better because they're the Bears. I want the Bears to be really, really good and then the Packers to beat them. You know, <laughs> um, the, okay. the Lions are the Lions and that's, that's absolutely fine. And it was really, really fun sat in the pub with all the Lions fans afterwards having a bit of a banter. And yeah, the Vikings was vicious. I didn't didn't wear my Green Bay top when I was in. Oh, you, I was going to ask how the, no. how was that inside Viking Stadium? Interesting. Bit hostile. <laughs> um, I didn't actually see him play the Viking. Funny enough, I saw him play the Lions. Uh, what? Oh, jeez. Um, oh, okay. Go. So there we are. I have a friend who is a Vikings fan. So uh, that was why I was there. <laughs> well, we did that. Did that person rat you out at any point in the stadium? No, he going? didn't. No, thank God. <laughs> the, we went to a pub immediately afterwards, and I was watching the Packers v Seahawks on TV in the pub afterwards and having to contain my emotions <laughs> as we completely trashed them oh, good. Okay. well we, t- we talked rivalry there and you've mentioned the Bears a couple of times Yeah. I have predicted on this week's podcast that I think that the Green Bay Packers will beat the Chicago Bears this week do you agree with that assessment or yeah. are you still I would dearly hope so Yeah. this year we do need you to be impartial so if you don't believe they will win I would like you to go Such on record suck up King no I, if, if I had to say right now um, I think we will struggle against the Lions I think we'll get trashed by the Vikings but I think we can beat the Bears ooh okay um, okay so yeah I think if we're looking at um, championships and divisions one they kind of claim you've won 17 in total but we're also counting the NFL West and the NFL Central and the NFC Central in those division they wins. claim we've won it. Well, you know, how do you count these things? <laughs> it's like, it goes back to the 20s. And like yeah. you said, people were playing quarterback, running back, punter. They were doing it all. So let's talk like about... Taylor, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's talk about your four Super Bowl wins then, Tim, because obviously this is going to be fun for you. Yes. Now, Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two in 1966 and 1967. What a legend. We're going to have to talk about Bart Starr a bit. Because the 66, you beat the Chiefs, 35-10. to 10. Yes. And in Super Bowl 2, you beat the Raiders. It was 33-14. to 14. But obviously the big game, the one everyone remembers, is the what they called the NFL Championship game, which we would now call the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys, which was the Ice Bowl. The Ice Bowl. 34-27. Now, obviously, this is a bit before your time. Yes. <laughs> Any words about the, the great Vince Lombardi then and Bart Starr? Well, it's quite a combination, wasn't it, really? Mm. Um, I'm not sure I can add much um, on a sort of uh, a technical or punditry level, but uh, I've watched the Super Bowl 1 and 2, obviously in the annals of history, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it looked very black and white back then. <laughs> <laughs> 
It certainly did. Then, well, is, 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 is it important for Packers fans that the trophy, because of the Super Bowl one victory, uh, the name of the Super Bowl trophy is synonymous with, with a Green Bay Packers legend? Yeah, it's really good. Um, obviously, we're title town, and that's great as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a really fitting tribute. And he clearly, it, you, you can see uh, documentaries on Lombardi, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just the Packers' influence. You know, he yeah. was an incredible influence on school games and college games, and yeah. then went on to the Redskins as well. Yeah, just a pioneer of football. Absolutely, really. yeah. I mean, he. There, there's an argument that as it transformed, you know, from gridiron to the NFL today, he was the the pioneer of the modern playbook. Really. Yeah, I think there's a few there's a few coaches over, uh, you know, the course of of the NFL history that you can pick out of people that really changed the course of of you know how one how the sport was played and and two what was how you know they were extremely successful you know you think of Lombardi immediately um you think of maybe Bill Walsh as well bringing in the west coast system and that just changed offenses completely um and you know again sorry to mention his name but probably Belichick, Belichick from Belichick our generation yeah yeah it's so it's, it's um there's there's not that many coaches that are synonymous with uh, you know, just changing coaches, the whole dynamic of the league coaches that will get Matt Castle to the playoffs this is true. This is true. No one's going to get Matt Castle to the playoffs no, apart, from, apart from Bill Belichick. But yeah, uh, Vince Lombardi obviously passed away in 1970, and then they renamed the the trophy yeah. for Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you won those two, one and two. That obviously helps to uh, cement a bit of a legacy. The you had to wait until 1996. That was Super Bowl 31, where you beat the Patriots 35 to 21. Beautiful. Brett mm-hmm. Favre's Super Bowl victory. Yes. And beating the Patriots, so it's a win-win. <laughs> Again, before you started watching, but I mean, how many times have you have you gone back and watched that? Do you know what? I've only ever uh, I've watched highlights numerous times, but mm-hmm. I've never actually sat through the entire game. Have you not? I will ask you a question, which I've actually not prepared. I just remembered, and okay. I thought it was quite interesting. Do you remember who was the Super Bowl MVP in that game? No. Do you know? No. Okay. Well, the MVP for the season was Brett Favre, so everyone normally says Brett Favre. Yeah. Desmond Howard was the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> okay. I think yeah. he had one re- kickoff return for a touchdown and then a 70 or 80 yard catch for a touchdown as well, so he ended up winning the Super Bowl MVP. Congratulations, Bang. Dude. There you go. Here we are. Now, you did actually go back to the Super Bowl the next year in 32, and that, that was, I don't know if you remember this, but this was John Elway's uh, Super Bowl win. And uh, it was Terrell Davis just going crazy, yeah. thirty-one to twenty-four win for the Broncos in that one. You yeah. had to then wait. I haven't sat for that highlight. No. At all. no, I know the score, but that's enough. <laughs> Three touchdowns for Terrell Davis on that that game, and then you had to wait until Super Bowl forty-five. That was two thousand and ten, and that was a thirty-one to twenty-five win. And uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, well done. Can I, can I give props here to one of my other all-time <laughs> favourite Packers in that game? Go on then, and that'll be Nick Collins. As a safety, one of the most underrated in the game, I believe. In the era where it was all about Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed, the fact this guy was, you know, I just think that the plays he did, he should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a pick six in the game, didn't he? He had a pick six in the game. We had two interceptions in the game, and uh, he played absolutely fantastically all year. Mm. And it was an absolute crime. Of a shame that he, you know, the very first game of the following season got his necker injury that ended his career. Yeah, mm. um, I think he would have been a certainly a, a Packers Hall of Famer, 
and uh, could have gone on to great things. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that if if you really watch the game regularly, um, you sort of knew who he was. But for the casual fan, because the like, and this is not to take away from Ed Reed or, or Troy Polamalu, both of those guys were incredible players. But he kind of just, he, you know, sort of went about his business and did reasonably Still well. But it, yeah. when you watched full games, you're just like, who is that guy? Who's that guy <laughs> smashing people in the run game, but also had the ball skills to? I've got the very vivid memory of him being able to launch himself over people mm. and catch the ball in front of their face while flying over them. It's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, I know he's a great player. Who was that um, last Super Bowl win against? You didn't mention. Uh, it was against. It was a long time ago now. But, uh, doesn't matter. So doesn't, doesn't, matter. doesn't really matter. No. Anyway. Never bet on a how many, black and yellow team. Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> so then, Tim, how many Green Bay Packers do you do you think are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Oh, good question. Oh, blimey. Well, this is another quiz question, is it? Yep. I don't know. I've got no idea. <laughs> I don't know. 27. Is that the most? Mm, I don't know. How many? Should have, I don't know that, that, but... should have checked that. How many kilos of bronze is that? <laughs> Got any other questions? Not for right now. Not for right now. Okay, all right. So we've had we've had some good times here. So let's just top it off then with what's been your best moment as a Packer? What's the what game or one thing that I stood think, out um, for you? It would be very easy to say the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl victory. Um, but I have been fortunate enough, as I mentioned earlier, to go and see the Packers at Lambeau Field. And it was uh, a mind-blowing experience for me. I, I think that sound, probably sounds a little bit corny, but it, it really was the atmosphere of the place, the friendliness of the crowd, um, the, the way they all got into the game, um, and obviously going to the legendary Lambeau Field to see the legendary Aaron Aaron Rodgers at the Tundra with the legendary Clay Matthews and it was just brilliant and we trashed the Lions as well so that's uh, bonus <laughs> well, Megatron not... wasn't playing was he that game Megatron didn't play no, no. he stood at the sidelines you have <laughs> a habit of going to games and, and they're opposing best but maybe you should go to more games because you're going this year aren't you I'm going this year to see the Packers v Texans perfect and who's, who's the best player in the league at his position Aaron Rodgers probably mm, no no seriously <laughs> defensive, defensive, end. End. defensive end well you say best best in his position but his position is on the bench right about now well, that's, oh. that's, that's what, the point I'm trying to make what's, maybe you what's are... probably the best guy on the bench at the moment if you're not probably JJ though. Watt I would say yeah. I would say maybe you're, you put a hex on you the see, opposing teams it, yeah it works out brilliantly because it means I could get some really good photographs of the famous players with their helmets off and uh, <laughs> watch a really good game yeah <laughs> and it's a game you'd be up for because he's from Wisconsin JJ Watts. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really sure. hoping. In fairness, I'm I'm really hoping there's always a big Badgers contingent mm. that goes down. I'm really hoping he mixes with that as well. It'd be really nice to see him surrounded by Badgers fans as well as Texans. Yeah, fans. well, he's bought a massive farm in Wisconsin, so he lives there during the summer. He doesn't actually live in Houston during the year. I don't know why I know where JJ Watt lives. <laughs> Fanboy, well, what's, that, what's that got to do with the Packers? <laughs> Damn it, King! All right, we're gonna take one more break. Back for part three. Welcome back to the third and final part of the Jim and the King NFL podcast special edition, Green Bay Packers with Packer Tim. So Tim, we've talked all about nice things really about the Packers. We talked about their Super Bowl victories. We've talked about how many championships they've won, some of the best ever players for you. But for this last section, I want to delve into the uh, the comedy archives 
of some of your worst draft picks. Is that all right? That's fine. Thank uh, you. As a stealer, I would expect you to uh, want some sort of vengeance. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm the go. I've picked out four of my favourite stories of your uh, your draft picks that have gone wrong, and they're all they're all high draft picks. Okay, I'm not picking a, a sixth round that didn't work out. So the first one I've got here is Bruce Clark. In 1980, he was the fourth pick, a nose tackle. And I, there's a bit of a kind of amanaring here about whether the Packers knew that he didn't want to play in the 3-4 defense or whether they just completely ignored the fact he didn't want to play in your 3-4 defense because the result was, even though you picked him fourth overall, he ended up going to the Toronto Argonauts and playing in Canada for a few years and then went and played in New uh, in New Orleans for the Saints for a couple of seasons but yeah you you didn't you spent the fourth fourth overall pick on someone never played for you the man what's, was a fool what's weird to me about that is you you're only a nose tackle if you play in a 3-4 defence otherwise you're just a tackle I don't know what he was thinking but he didn't want to play there he told him he didn't want to play there I think there. that was probably what's wrong he put the word nose yeah. on the CV <laughs> yeah. and they yeah. thought alright oh, we'll have him yeah yeah yeah. So, and then you've got uh, in 1981, Rich Campbell, the sixth pick as a quarterback. He played seven games in four years for you. He totaled 386 yards, three touchdowns, and nine interceptions. He's actually he was, he's been respawned as Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> this season. As a result, you didn't draft a quarterback until Rogers in 2005. Yeah. That was the last quarterback you drafted, well, and I'm not surprised. In fairness, we also had Brett Favre, so it wasn't like we needed a backup yeah. quarterback, was it? <laughs> yeah, but you didn't draft Favre, you had to trade for him. Um, <laughs> we'll go to Justin Harrell in 2007. He was the 16th pick. He was a defensive tackle. don't know if you remember this, boy. No. No? I don't but, remember. But uh, apparently he showed up out of shape. He'd had injuries in college, but he still took a chance on him. Uh, it didn't get much better for him. He, had, he ended his career with 28 tackles in 14 games. Uh, yeah, just injuries scuppered him completely. And by 2010, on the opening game, he uh, he got injured again with an ACL tear, and that was it. Nightmare. It's a it's a shame, but you know you took a risk on a player that didn't work out there, mostly for injuries and just turning up out of shape as well was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. What position he played? Defensive tackle. I think okay. I there think is that is a common year, theme. Really with defensive spent a lot of time around his house. <laughs> <laughs> Him, <laughs> him, him, and Albert Hainsworth for yeah, all, all over having barbecues. <laughs> Everyone's got a huge stinker on their uh, their draft bust list, and the Packers. It seems to be a consensus that Tony Mandarich in 1989 was your worst ever draft pick. Mm. He was taken second overall as a right tackle. He was very much hyped up out of college. He was six foot five, 313 pounds. The only problem was it was the steroids that made him so good. And of course, when he went to NFL, the NFL, into the pros, didn't really work out that way. And uh, complete bust for you. You tried, but um, yeah, he was he had drug and uh, drink addiction. Nightmare. And, and that was it. And that he found it. out he couldn't get any steroids in Green Bay. Yeah, nicknamed the Incredible not, Bulk. I think it was <laughs> Incredible Bulk. Yeah, <laughs> when it all started going wrong. Wow. He needs to know more Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was only the only time he ever picked up was uh, when when the Steelers were in town. Stop talking about the Steelers. This is about the Packers. No Packer fan that's listening to this is interested in the Steelers. All right, so they're not. Let's, let's quit it. They're not. Let's quit it. They're not. Not since 2010, anyway. No, that's good. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the trades that you've done. Because obviously, not just drafting, you can trade badly as mm. well. 
And you've said that you know you don't like training, you don't like making decisions we and don't. switching up. From team. time to time, though, we've had the old Julius Peppers or Charles Woodson. Yeah, we also traded a pick with the New England Patriots to pick up Clay Matthews. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And also, you know, you think about the Packers and you think about great quarterbacks. You think about Aaron Rodgers and Bart Starr and Brett Favre. You know, Bart Starr played from fifty-seven to seventy. That's you know another huge career. So they had these long stretches of great quarterbacks, but there were times when they weren't so great. I, did you know that your first ever quarterback was called Adolf? Oh, no. Don't Adolf Kleiben. Don't, don't see many of those around. No, that, that name's dropped off a bit. But uh, yeah, 1921, your starting quarterback was Adolf Kleiben. Uh, in 1973, then, you traded for Jim Dalgaizo. You gave up two second round picks for These for aren't Dalgaizo. real names. <laughs> He's a real person. He played eight games. Mm. He completed 27 of 62 passes for two touchdowns and six interceptions. Moral of that story is don't believe what a gym tells you. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the one that they, they pull up as your kind of worst trade was in 1974 when you traded for John Hadle. You gave up a first, second and third round pick in the following draft and a first and third round pick in the 76 draft as well uh, for a 34-year-old QB at the time. Uh, he In 74, he did three touchdowns and eight interceptions. In the 75 seasons, did six touchdowns and 21 interceptions. That's right, 21 interceptions That's impressive. for six touchdowns. That's impressive. Excellent. Yeah. The, Some good stats. Yeah, there's one more person, though. Oh. I love punters, and so I'm going to talk about them. You do. Damn you, Rich Eisen. You pandering to punters. 2004, you moved up 15 spots in the draft to pick BJ Sander in the, in the third round. He was a left-footed rookie. And uh, didn't play the whole year because he was injured. 2005, he averaged under 40 yards on 64 punts. And there didn't play are. another season. That's not good. I'm left-footed. I didn't like the fact that you laughed at the fact that he was a left-footed <laughs> I'm <punter>. left-footed, <laughs> but they laughed at him. Yeah. Wow. He was actually really good. He was good in college, but yeah. You've got three left-footers here? Yeah. That's strange. Ooh. I'm complete lefty. Same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> All the best we We could love. be in the cabaret, couldn't we? we Doing could. the can-can. We could. We could. <laughs> Well, that's good. Those, well, uh, those interestingly, the... though, um, over with the, the Kings Chargers, I think uh, we've been lucky the last few years. Lots of love to Tim Mastay. Absolutely mm. brilliant punter. Yeah. Mm. Second only in the league, I thought, to Cyphers. Yeah, who's now with the Panthers, sadly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, and, our, and our punter apparently can't hold snaps to him. To, yeah. For a field goal to take us to okay, sir. But who's counting? And you punters working out how to get beyond 30 yards or so. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, Cyphers, Cyphers was a mate. We had a really nice combination for a few years of Cyphers and Cading, who were, were sort of one of, well, arguably the top kicker in the league yeah. for a few years. And, and I thought, and I'm glad you agree, probably the best punter as well. So. And feel free to stick your oar in here, Jim, because I'm sure you will. <laughs> oh, but, no. <laughs> uh, again, going back to the pack of loyalty thing, yeah. Mason Crosby, he was brilliant. And then he was rubbish for a bit, yeah. and now he's brilliant again. And fair play to the Packers for sticking with him, because I think a lot of teams would have dropped him like a hot potato after his horred- horrendous year in the middle. Yeah, But he then came back to be the third most productive kicker. I said this to you before, actually. I was, I was really impressed that they'd kept him along. Because it's it, ultimately that... Because you're not on the field enough, it's really difficult. So it's just down to... it's, it's ulti- Half of the battle for kickers is just to be confident. Yeah. Um, and sort of get regular reps and have some fluidity to the, your kicking stuff, and um, have it. You know, when someone instills that confidence within you, it's uh, it, you know, it's clearly it, it works and it helps. And hopefully, to bring it back to this season and, and away from the Packers to some extent, 
I really hope that happens with Roberto Aguayo because he is having an absolute shocker. And I was really impressed, and I mentioned it on the podcast, he came back and kicked the winning field goal at the end of the game against the uh, the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, he's been put in a really tough situation. There and should I be hope... some sort of law against not being able to draft a kicker or a punter in the first five rounds. You say that. Janikowski was drafted in the second round. and I It think should be a law against it. He's the best kicker ever, I think. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. I still think, to, be, to me, it's actually quite an underrated position because mm. kickers usually go at the bottom of the draft... And to be honest, the amount of points they put up compared to most people... Oh, they're vitally important. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's it, the amount of games that come down to that final kick. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I just think that second round's a bit of a reach, but... It's just too much pressure on the kicker. It is a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. So we've we've got to, we've got to end this bit then with your, your worst moment as a Packer then, Tim. Out of all the 14 <laughs> years, you know, looking back in the archives... I think every time we play the Seahawks... It's my worst um, memory. <laughs> I must admit, um, it obviously it's very easy to say um, uh, the whole interception thing. That's fail been, Mary, fail Mary, been documented, been been said a billion times. But then last year, the the Seahawks game in the playoffs was horrendous as well. We've had a couple actually. the The real killer is when we seem to be in control of a playoff game and then absolutely fall apart in the last few minutes. We've done it a couple of times. Um, in that Seahawks game, I actually sat with friends who are Seahawks and said, I've just got this horrible feeling that you are, we can't stop you getting another touchdown. You're going to equalise. It's going to go into overtime and you're going to get the score. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. I predicted it at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's... Again, that defeat from the jaws of victory thing, it happens now and again, but <laughs> providing the Packers stay exciting, that's what's important to me. Yeah, my the one, I'm not even a Packers fan, but the one that sticks out to me that I was most disappointed about, because I thought, certainly in that season, I can't remember the year, but they were the most exciting team to watch, the Packers, and it was when you were playing the Cardinals in the playoffs, and Rodgers was sacked, fumbled the ball, and managed to kick it up in the air perfectly, for it then to be rushed back in in overtime for the game-winning touchdown. And it was one of those ones where they couldn't stop you offensively. And it was a case of, had that not been a freak incident, the likelihood was you were going to go down the field field score and and you were through to the next round of the playoffs. And it was just, even I, I, you know, as I said, not a Packers fan, but I was going, oh, I can't believe that's happened. That's so horrible. That happens a lot. (laughs) Part and parcel of being a cheesehead. Mm. <laughs> One of my worst moments was Super Bowl Forty Five. So thanks very much, Packers. <laughs> I can't believe we got for an entire hour talking about the Packers. We didn't even mention Reggie White, your best ever trade. Yeah, amazing. When he wasn't a trade; he was a free agent pickup. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, but actually a free agent pickup, and that was it Mike, worked. That was what? Mike Holmgren was interviewed Holmgren. and said, interviewed and said, I need that player. Yes, I hundred percent have to have him. And he phoned him up and he turned, and they thought he'd say no. Cause, what was yeah. amazing, obviously, a lot before my time, um, Reggie White, and I've seen the highlights and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, um, going reading up on him in the Packers Hall of Fame, which is at Lambeau Field, and just seeing the size of the guy's jersey, my God, you could live <laughs> in it. Unbelievable. Put some poles in it, you could live in it. Yeah, he's, he was crazy. He was that one of the first sort of freaks of nature defensively where he was huge but just so Quick. disruptive yeah yeah he's like sim- better obviously but si- similar yeah. sort of kind of style to Fletcher Cox I think at the moment mm. um, to try and 
you know, or or actually Aaron Donald to some extent as well. Yeah. These just giant guys if that are just were super to slap athletic. People in the head. Yeah, he was yeah. he was mad. But he uh, yeah, he was defensive player there. I think in nineteen ninety six for the Packers. So he came in and, and did extremely well. Yeah, yeah bel- actually, beloved in Philadelphia and in Green Bay. In- indeed, yeah, and he had two sacks in the Super Bowl that you won as well. So he could have also been Super Bowl MVP. Mm. Speaking of up and coming D again, love to uh, Daniels and Neil there. What they're doing at the moment, I actually mm. think both of them come really good in the last couple of years. They've been again part of the Packers system, so they've been around for a little while, and they started on the B squad and came up, and and you know they're producing some good line work this year. I'll yeah, say, all we've got is good line work this year. You guys, Tayu stepped up. Who, uh, you know, wasn't necessarily a draft bust, but wasn't what they expected when they took him in the first round. Is Nick Perry? Since yes. you guys have re-signed him, he has looked really, really good. Yeah, um, and it's freed up his plays now. Allowed um, Matthews to actually rush rather than have to play inside linebacker. So, um, yeah, that's been a huge. I know it's not an addition because he's been there for a few years, but certainly his, his step up in play has been a huge addition. So that's that's good to see. Yeah, yeah. So, any regrets, Tim? Are you happy to be a Packers fan still after all this time? No regrets at all. They're my team. No. I think your loyalty can't be questioned. This is it. Can and I ask one more question? Yeah, okay. Playoffs or not playoffs this season? It doesn't feel like it's going to be a playoff year for us. Oh, okay. So I just looked at the schedule and I think I didn't. I thought the same as you until I saw it and thought Falcons maybe. Well, Vikings and Seahawks are the three games yeah. I think are going to be tough. It's, it's always strangely slanted, but when you um, when NFL.com do their prediction of how tough your year is going to be, in previous years it's always staggered me that the Patriots always have one of the easiest runs and the Packers have one of the toughest, regardless of where we finish. It's division, this, though, isn't it? This yeah. year, however, it's flipped. Um, mm. I, it's the first time I can remember where we're kind of in the bottom five to of an easy run of it. Mm. Unfortunately, we're not a great team ourselves. Um, and <laughs> you yeah, wait all that time we, for a good schedule. <laughs> we've got fairly, we've got fairly easy run for a little while. Um, as it gets towards the end, is when we start hitting tough teams. As you say, Seahawks are there, and uh, Vikings are going to be there. There's some tough games, but uh, yeah, we we've got an easy run for a good team. It's whether we're a good team at the moment. Yeah, oh, interesting. Tim, thank you so much for coming down and doing this with Absolute us. Absolute pleasure. Um, as always, you know, make sure you subscribe to the Jim the King AFL podcast. Uh, we're going to be back on Tuesday with our recap of week seven. Yeah. Um, but until then, I've been Jim. That's been the King. That's been Tim. And thanks so much for listening. Yeah.